Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. Today on the podcast, we're talking about the nine steps for you to launch your extraordinary life. Welcome to the Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and today our guest is the founder and CEO of iEducation Group, which operates over 75 Fusion and Futures Academies for grades 6 through 12 in one student, one teacher classroom environments. Over the past 20 years, he's opened over 120 schools and acquired more than 25 others. His experience in education spans president and CEO roles of organizations in the private school, charter school, and early education industries. He also served as a public school board member in his local community for five years. His new book is called Limitless, Nine Steps to Launch Your One Extraordinary Life. Here is Pete Rupert. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Josh. Great to be here. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you better as a leader and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? I'm ready. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? I think the one I, that comes back to me all the time is that a mentor of mine when I was younger in my 20s used to always quote, as above, so below. It was one of my early leadership lessons, and it served as an endless reminder for me, and I repeat it all the time now in my organization. When problems exist in an organization, too often leaders want to point fingers at other people. And at the end of the day, an organization is just a mere image of the leader. And so when there are problems in the organization, it's usually problems with the leader. And so it's a challenge for all of us as leaders to continue to think about looking in the mirror when we see problems in our organization and understanding what we're doing that may be causing the challenges down line. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? A visionary, confident, and is supportive of his team. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? Do I have people around me who are better than I am at what they do? And that's just so critically important that most successful organizations or all successful organizations are led by leaders who surround themselves with great people who can uh, do their jobs better than their leader. You do not want to be the smartest person in the room. What is a book that you would recommend to leaders? I've always been a huge fan of John Maxwell and the best leadership book I think I've read, this dates way back when to John Maxwell's 20 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Like I said, it's probably 20 years old and I got it as a gift about 20 years ago and read it and I give it to everybody I know who's coming into a leadership role or starting to figure out how do they become a better leader. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? Well, this week, I think if I were to uh, recommend something that anybody can do to make becoming a leader is to think bigger. Organizations are limited by the vision of their leaders. And so one of the challenges I always recommend to folks is to be thinking bigger about what is their vision for their organization. And the organization will only be able to achieve 
to the extent that the vision is large or small of the leader. So as we think bigger, as we get our teams excited about a bigger, bolder vision, people are going to rally around that. And it's absolutely imperative to take your organization to the next level. And finally, we have our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? I think it's why not. Why questions why things are happening or why things are being done. I love why not because it talks about possibilities and what hasn't happened yet. Why can't it be done? And uh, whenever we can get people or organizations or myself thinking about why not, when we look at a problem, I think we're much better off and the opportunities are endless. We'll be back with the rest of our interview right after this. As the leader of your organization, you have a lot on your plate. You work most of your day, leaving you little time to think about your own development. There's a resource for you, and it's called the Leadership Action List. Get the best leadership development tips for leaders by leaders at leadershipactionlist.com. The best news? It's free. Once again, for a year's worth of weekly leadership development, download the Leadership Action List at leadershipactionlist.com. Well, Pete, we're here today to talk about your book, Limitless, Nine Steps to Launch Your One Extraordinary Life. And I'm also excited to get your insight along the way from all of the leadership you've held, especially in the realm of education. But I want to start off particularly focused on Limitless. What is your focus with Limitless and what is the impact that you'd like to make through this book? I've published it just recently, but it took me a few years to write it. And, and the, the genesis for the book goes all the way back to when I was a young leader and I was having some struggles in my early career and had some failures and was trying to figure it all out and trying to scratch my head to figure out what is it that's going to make me successful. I started to study other successful people in various different industries and walks of life, et cetera. And as I studied them, I, I realized there are some common themes that were almost universal across extremely successful leaders and, and individuals. And when I saw those themes, I kind of created a cheat sheet for myself and I used it as a guide. I typed it up and printed it and put it in my uh, briefcase and used to look at it as a regular part of my routine for inspiration, for guidance, et cetera. And then when my, uh, my oldest son of my four kids got into middle school, I decided to type it up and I called it traits of a champion at that time. And i laminated it and I put it on my kid's bathroom mirror and thought that they probably didn't want to listen to their old man talk about these things. But maybe by reading that as they brush their teeth or wash their face at night, that they would, uh, this would help impact them and they learn from it. And, and then finally, at a conference we had four or five years ago, I uh, shared that list with many of the folks in our, in our organization and so many of them came up to me afterwards and said, just, can I have that list? And they talked about how impactful it was and really encouraged me to turn it into a book. And so that's what led to the, led to the genesis of it. And I wanted to create something that was short and hard hitting and was helpful for anyone who was trying to define their path to success. And most importantly, I didn't want to make it really long. It's 150 pages and it combines both stories and, and lessons in each one of the steps, but also additional resources so the reader can dig deeper and go to other places to learn more, whether it's another book or a podcast or a, a video or whatever it might be. And then there's a workbook session at the end of each chapter as well. So hard-hitting and uh, powerful and, and hopefully very helpful to the reader. So are these nine steps to launch your one extraordinary life, the exact traits of a champion that you had developed when you were younger and share with your kids as they were growing up? Yes. I fine-tuned some of the wording, but they're exactly the same, the same steps. Exactly. 
And how would you define one extraordinary life? What are you getting at with that term? Well, what I'm getting at is I, I want I want this book to be aspirational. I want to encourage people to think about their lives as aspirational, that we're all blessed with so many God-given talents. And sometimes we tend to choose and hear the negative things about us, the things that aren't great about us. But when we all think about the opportunities, especially in a country like the U.S., opportunity still abounds. And limitless is undefined because it's exactly that, that no matter what somebody wants to do with their life, it doesn't necessarily have to be business or leadership, but it's about encouraging people to dream and to think about when they were a little kid and they thought about all the endless possibilities they could be when they grew up. And as you, as you get older and older, sometimes those shrink and, and we let other people kind of shape our futures. This is all about breaking free from the paradigms of others and, and the constraints and the naysayers in our lives and instead thinking limitlessly about our future, crafting our vision and then striving to get there by following these steps. So I, I don't quite know how to how to phrase this question, so work with me here. But one of the things I'm wondering is, is this about getting back to a more childlike perspective or a matter of retooling now that some disappointments and setbacks or uh, maybe life has kind of encroached on your focus and the way that you had planned on living? Yeah, you know, and I, I mentioned childlike because when we are all young, the world is our oyster, right? And there's so many things that we can do. And and our mind is open and we're creative and we have all this energy. And as we get older, when we experience setbacks or naysayers or whatever, we start to think differently about our future. So it's really targeting that those adults, no matter what age they are, as they think about their future and helping them realize that they can break free from all the negativity or the failures or the challenges they may have experienced today, because tomorrow is a new day and the future is as bright as we can make it. And so it it encourages us to reopen our eyes to those possibilities that we probably last thought about when we were younger and finding a path to get there. So it's not just to settle for my life is good enough, but instead to strive for my life can be one of limitless opportunity. Now, we don't have time to go into depth for all nine of these, but would you mind just running through what these these nine steps or these nine traits of a champion are? Absolutely. And and uh, they are in a specific order in the book as well. And frankly, they're prioritized in, in a, to a certain extent. But the first step is to win the battle in your head. The second is to find and follow a passion. The third is to dream big. And then I encourage people to then make it bigger. That's the last part of that chapter heading. The fourth is to find a champion in your life, in your quest. The fifth is to take those first steps. So many folks are hesitant to take even that first step, and that kills all dreams at the doorstep of opportunity. Chapter six talks about failure. It's called Fail Often and encourages folks to realize the importance of failure on any journey and how so many folks who have been successful have had lots of failures along the way. Chapter seven is about being courageous and standing up for who you are and what you want to accomplish. Chapter eight is aptly titled, Never Ever Give Up. And then finally, I finish it off with chapter nine, which is titled Live. And that's designed to remind us all that no matter what we're pursuing in our quest for our success or our limitless life or whatever it might be, it's more than just about achieving a dream and having balance in our lives and being successful in one walk of life, but being unsuccessful in several others does not ultimately pay off. So it's about balance. It's about living your whole life in a uh, limitless type of way. 
Thanks for sharing those, Pete. And listeners, just once again, I'm going to read through these and think about which of these sticks out to you. First of all, win the battle in your head, find and follow a passion, dream big, then make it bigger, find a champion, take the first steps, fail off and be courageous, never, ever give up, and then finally live. Pete, of all of these, which would you like to highlight and kind of uh, delve deeper into in this interview? Maybe one, two or three that you feel like are, are really important to focus in on. I'll start with win the battle in your head. That's why it's the first chapter. And Josh, as, as you know, and, and certainly as I've learned, is we all have this voice in our head, these two voices in our head. One of them says, you're not very good. You're a failure. You can't do this. You shouldn't try. There's too much risk. It's this constant naysayer that limits how we think about ourselves and what we could possibly do. And then the other side, the other voice in our head is one that's positivity. That says, hey, you are good. You have skills. You can be successful. And I think what happens is as we get older, that negative voice starts to control more and more of our thinking. And so we find ourselves not taking risk, not striving to really achieve our potential and to achieve that limitless life. And so we get stopped at the starting gate because we choose to believe that negative voice much more than we do the positive voice. And it really hinders us. And I've just seen time and time again, especially as I've gotten older and talked to older adults about what they would have, could have, should have done and uh, how their life would have been differently had they thought differently when they were younger, et cetera. And so that first chapter is really about the importance of how we think about ourselves, the mindset that we bring forth every day. And once we understand that we have a positive voice and a negative voice in our head, it's just about finding ways to unleash that positive voice So that negative voice can't dominate our thinking and our decisions and our actions. And I'd like to hear maybe at least one more from you. But before we hop to the next point that you'd like to highlight, what is it that you would recommend people do to begin practicing and elevating that more positive mindset? And then also, I feel like sometimes whenever people hear the term positive mindset, they kind of just think, saying good things until they happen. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Is that a fair assessment or where do people maybe go wrong when it comes to a positive mindset? Absolutely. And and so I'll share with you kind of the practical steps I talk about in the book quickly. There's six things that I really recommend that people do that have helped me a lot along the way. And the first one is exactly what you said, Josh, which is choose positivity. Once we realize that we have this negative voice and this positive voice in our minds, we can decide what we want to think about. We can decide what our mindset's going to be. And so by building that awareness and understanding that, we can practice that positive mindset every day. And choosing positivity is really important. The second thing I encourage folks to do is to really list positive thoughts. I ask folks to literally lay out on a piece of paper all their personal accomplishments and the positive traits that they like about themselves. And so when we do that, even if we've struggled, we all are blessed with a number of talents and accomplishments and things we can look back on and say, you know what, I'm pretty proud of, of that or, or what I accomplished or, or that trait I have. And they realize that that balances out some of the negative thinking they might have had. The third thing is about learning the art of reframing. And that helps you understand that when you have that negative voice starting to rule the day in your head, that you can step back and say, okay, That's that negative voice talking to me today. I'm going to make space for the positive voice come in. I'm going to reframe this whole mind conversation I'm having so that I can move forward much more positively than I would have uh, otherwise. The fourth one, and I think this is really, really important, is that to realize 
that we're not alone with having negative thoughts. Every single person uh, in the world has self-doubt and has times when they're really struggling. And even the most successful people, despite that success, still have experiences where they're not confident, where they're hesitant. And so that never goes away. It's just about controlling it. But when you realize that you're not alone out there, then you have a much better opportunity to capitalize on positivity going forward. Uh, Number five is you just can't let the past define you. Uh, No matter what's happened in your life, the understanding that tomorrow is a new day and what matters is what I do going forward, not what has happened to me or what I've done in the past. And so when you think about that each day and, and and you have trained your mind to think that way, it ends up being a huge success. And then the last one was just dwelling on your daily victories. I like to recommend to folks that they keep a journal by their bed and and at night before they turn out the light, they just write down three victories from that day, whatever it was, three things that went well that they're feeling good about in any part of their life. And when you do that time and time again, that helps train your mind to think about the positivity versus listening to that light negative voice too often. Well, Pete, I appreciate you focusing in on how we can win the battle in our heads by developing a more positive mindset. Now, I'd like for you to highlight at least one of these other traits of a champion, one of these other steps to launch your one extraordinary life. Specifically, that would be helpful for leaders. For leaders, I would jump to finding a champion. I hesitate between that or to dream big and then make it bigger. But let me start with finding a champion. A champion, a mentor, someone who you can count on and learn from is so critically important. And oftentimes in leadership positions, we feel alone. We have a team of people who are working for us. They're relying on us. And and so it's an imperative that we improve our leadership. And so finding leaders that we admire, that we have watched from either closely or from afar and reaching out to them and just asking them, that if they'd be willing to help be part of our journey and provide some mentorship and, and be there to one, not just to help support what we're doing also, but also to provide some accountability. And I encourage folks to find those champions who are willing to help them and be a sounding board for them and help them along the way. And uh, sometimes you don't even know these champions, but it's amazing. Successful people I've just found time and time again are more than willing to give back and when we reach out through them so through a phone call or a, a personal letter or a face-to-face request, almost always those folks are willing to help uh, in any way we can. Because leadership and achieving our dreams is a lonely journey. It's going to be a lot easier when we surround ourselves with people who have been there, who support what we're doing, who are willing to speak the truth with us. And those champions can be hugely powerful in our lives. And you might be able to incorporate uh, chapter three's focus, dream big, then make it bigger in this next question. And if not, that's perfectly fine. But I'd love to hear how some of these traits, some of these steps have helped you in your life as you've led a number of schools, as you've started an organization, as you've helped to, to shape education for many students. How have you incorporated some of these steps into your own life and into your own professional development? I'll start with the dream big and then make it bigger point. I saw this great video at a training conference years ago. I think it was the power of vision. And it was by a guy named Joel Barker, probably 40 years old now, that video. But I saw it as a young leader. And, and I just saw how important that was in our lives and how we think about our futures as, as whether we're leaders or just trying to achieve our own dreams. And as I mentioned earlier, that our vision can limit us or make us limitless, depending on how we 
think about it and how we leverage it. And, and I'm a huge believer in for leaders in setting big visions for their organization, even when it feels entirely almost impossible. Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, talks about BHAG, which are big, hairy, audacious goals and how most successful companies have created these big, hairy, audacious goals that seemed unachievable at the time, but ultimately they, they were able to achieve. And for example, when I first started this business back in 2007, we had zero schools and I had one, one other employee working with me when we started. One of the first things I did is I, I went to a, a printer and got one of those big laminate foam core boards and I wrote on our vision statement, which was to you know, someday create an organization that has over 100 schools that are changing lives of thousands of kids across America. And I had that printed up and put it right behind the front desk in our tiny little office. And I remember early on, people would come into our office and they'd see that big vision sign and they'd kind of smile and laugh or giggle and kind of think, who are you guys thinking that they're saying this kind of stuff? But the reality is, is today we're close to 80 schools across the country. And there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to get to that 100 school mark. And a big reason we got there is from the early days, we talked a lot about our big, hairy, audacious goal, our big vision of getting to 100 schools and changing lives of thousands of kids across America. And so it works. When you write it down, your brain commits to it. It's the same way with writing goals down. And that's why I'm a big proponent of that too. But the idea of creating those big goals, writing them down and uh, looking at them every day somehow get your mind to work, go to work for you subconsciously to help push you toward those. So even if you shoot for the stars and you land on the moon, that's one heck of a journey. Well, Pete, we've only kind of had time to focus in on three of these nine steps. And I'm wondering if there are any final thoughts that you would have to leave the listeners with today, whether it's something you'd like to reiterate from these first three steps that we talked about or something that we just haven't had a chance to discuss yet that you think is really valuable that you want people to take away from this interview. One of the big things that we didn't touch on that I think is a great little closing comment, I've just seen and experienced myself at times, and as I've chatted to other successful people and people have been frustrated by their careers or their lives, is that they failed to get started, right? And so that chapter about take the first step is is really critically important. And so for people who want to become great leaders or want to achieve great things or have a dream that's been banging around in their head forever, it just does no good if it just sits in your head and floats around. You have to commit it to paper. You have to write those goals down. You have to write that big vision down. And you have to be willing to take that first step. That may be a phone call. That may be reaching out to a champion to ask them if they'd help you. It may be sharing your dream with a spouse or partner. It may be doing that first initial research. Whatever it is, you have to get started because too often, like I said, those dreams sit on the doorstep and never take that first step into the house uh, or up the hill or whatever it might be. And being willing and forcing yourself to take that first step, everything else after that becomes exceedingly easier. And Pete, if people have enjoyed what they've heard from you today, where would you like people to go to follow up, learn more about you and the work that you're doing? Probably the easiest place to go is to my website, which is www.peterupert.com, P-E-T-E-R-U-P-P-E-R-T.com. When you're there, you can send me a note or if you'd like, or there's information on the book and how to order it. There's links to order it on there. There's also a bunch of uh, additional worksheets for people who have gone through the book and, and wanted to download additional copies to redo things, et cetera. So that's the best way to go, www.peterupert.com. 
All right, Pete, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Josh. My pleasure as well. I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Pete. If you'd like to follow up with him, you can go to his website at PeteRupert.com. That link, as well as others, are in the show notes below or at LifeAsLeadership.com. Now, one of the chilling things that Pete said is that many people simply fail to start. If you have a dream, commit it to paper and take that first step. A lot of people don't quite know where to start. So one resource that I have developed for you is called the Leadership Action List. And yes, it's focused more toward your leadership role, but this is a great place to start if you're simply looking to launch your own extraordinary life. You can download the list at leadershipactionlist.com, get the entire list up front, but you'll also receive a weekly action step in your inbox every single Monday morning so that you can make sure you're not just downloading something and forgetting about it, but you have a resource with you for an entire year to help you in your personal and professional growth. So once again, if you want to download your free copy of the Leadership Action List, simply go to leadershipactionlist.com. Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.